Welcome to the Pack Mentality Podcast. If you don't know me, I'm Matt Banwer, and I own Red Wolf CrossFit in Huntington Beach, California, and I've been coaching for 16 years. I created this podcast with one goal in mind, and that was to make fitness education accessible, engaging, and effective for everyone. Today, we are going to be chatting with Caitlin. We're going to be talking about coaching, and we're going to be going over kind of Caitlin's uh, origin story of how she became a coach. We're going to talk about what the qualities are of a good client. Uh, we're also going to talk about what motivates us personally to be a coach and what we love most about coaching, what we want most for our clients, and also um, the differences and what we prefer coaching in terms of personal training and group training. So let's dive right in. So Caitlin is with me today, like I said, and uh, she has a great story to tell. Um, she is definitely my greatest success as a coach, coaching a coach. Um, and what would you say when I started coaching you on how to coach, what was the biggest impact that you carry over to today? Um, definitely your presence was the number one thing that, um, I wanted to emulate that I really liked that you had as a coach and what I wanted to emulate as a coach myself. Um, I think back up just a little bit. I did start as a member of Red Wolf um, for like a year and a half or so. I, I definitely didn't coach. I was just a member. I took all the classes, um, had a bunch of different coaches um, in the early stages and, you know, learned from watching all of them a little bit, but never really thought about coaching myself. I mm. didn't get my L1 until I absolutely had to because we had no more coaches. It came to a point where I had to coach. Yeah, you did have to coach. <laughs> and so I was like, hey, you're getting your L1 next week. And I was like, okay. And I went to CrossFit Costa Mesa at the time to go take my L1 uh, certification. So that just kind of like came about really quickly. Um, I was bartending at the time and had really no coaching experience. I've coached um, volleyball before, but I've never done, you know, personal training. I've done a lot of personal training myself, like with other coaches, mm -hmm. um, but never actually did that with anybody. So that was a definite um, learning experience for me. I was super nervous um, being in front of a class and telling people kind of what to do and what I thought was right. I think that's a huge um, learning moment of like being very confident and direct and telling people, you know, what I think is right and wrong and what I think they, was is best for them. That's something that I had to learn how to do. And I would watch um, Matt, like, do a lot of personal training. That's where I, I think I learned um, my best qualities uh, that I think I have for myself is watching Matt do personal training and work one-on-one -on -one with people and um, making those connections, but also having that kind of, um, d you know, confident demeanor um, while training. And so that's something that I really wanted to emulate and, and have practiced um, a lot over the years. And I think I've only gotten better um, just coaching more and more and like getting more hours in. Um, but yeah, that kind of is, was where it started is I guess watching you coach and then trying to replicate that. Well, that's awesome. Um, <clears throat> what would you say was probably like the biggest thing that you picked up from that other than just presence and, and maybe confidence? Um, well, I learned a lot about exercise and fitness more than a textbook would ever teach you, right? Um, a lot of people take, you know, um, tests and certifications and whatnot, but there's nothing like hands-on learning. 
And so watching you do personal training and watching you tailor things to people's ability, that was definitely something I had to learn how to do. And there are so many exercises, uh, so many different ways to do exercises and having that tool belt um, and, and all those different things uh, that knowledge base is super important. And I learned a lot of that from just watching you and then, oh, and then starting to program. Programming was a whole nother chapter and kind of opened the door to um, understanding how you take someone from, you know, point A to point B and, um, and then working through all of the different variables that happen along the way, right? Somebody gets sick or hurt or, or anything like that and how to, um, transition and, uh, and tailor their fitness map to still get them the same result. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the, I, I would say that you and I are both are still on the programming journey. You're both are still, on that journey of becoming better coaches because I would argue that the work is never done as a coach, that we're always constantly trying to improve. We're trying to get better at designing programs. We're trying to get better at coaching people and keeping them motivated and get them the best results they can in the shortest amount of time possible. Um, and <clears throat> I'm still learning a ton, you know, because there, there's so many variables when it comes to fitness. Like there's, you know, when it, even when it comes to designing a program, like you have to be aware of you know, frequency, intensity, volume, um, the gender plays a role, their training age, their actual age, like there's so many different variables that go into it. And, you know, we learn a ton by just doing it mm -hmm. and seeing the results that we produce and then always constantly improvising and not being afraid to try new things and not ever feeling like we're never uh, making progress. Mm -hmm. like we're always trying to improve. And I think that that's what makes you and I such a great combo is that we're never really satisfied with what we produce, that we're always like, this is good, but I think we can do better. And, oh yeah. And I think that's something that we both have qualities of that con that constantly make us, you know, produce uh, good results. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Matt and I always are questioning each other, like, oh, why did you program this? Or what is your intent about that? And so having, you know, somebody to bounce ideas off of is, is super important. And I think that's how we push each other uh, to make the best program possible to get the re best results possible. I mean, we must be doing something right, because we're only getting better with working out way less, yes, which is true. amazing. And I think our clients are also getting the same results. And yeah, we're just we're always trying to learn. I mean, my social media feed is at least filled with so many different, you know, Instagram people who I, you know, try to learn from as far as different programming styles, movements, training methods, because I mean, people are always training for something new. And so I want to be able to adapt and help them if, you know, somebody one day is like, hey, I want to do a Spartan race or I want to do this instead. And, you know, I want to be able to help them and be there to support them and yeah. guide them in the right way. 100%. Uh, anything else you want to say before we wrap up, wrap things up and move on to our next section? Nope. That is how we started coaching, basically. All right. Very cool. Let's get into what are the qualities of a good client? Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Um, I, you can go first if you want. You, you want me to go first? Okay. Sure. No pressure. All right. So I have it broken down into uh, both good and bad. So I'm actually going to cover three bad character traits first, just to give some context. So um, there are three character traits that I see very commonly that hold people back from achieving their fitness goals. And the first one is that they blame their circumstances. So they say things like, I don't have time. You know, I, you know, I don't have money. I don't have this. I don't have that. Like, you know, they, they always blame a cer certain type of circumstance. Usually time is the biggest one. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is they blame others. So they blame their kids. They blame that, 
um, their wife won't let them yeah, or, their that, spouse. or that, Hey, well, I have family in town, so I can't work out for two weeks. So yeah, that's another thing that we commonly see. And then finally, ultimately the last one is that they blame themselves. So they say, say things like, well, I'm not like you, or mm-hmm. they start to compare themselves to people who are fit I or do have that, or I, I, can't. I can't do this, you know? And so those are some things to, if you're listening to this to kind of think through, cause we all make these excuses just in different realms. Like I make these ex- excuses in, in other areas, but you know, I've kind of dialed it in and fitness. Um, so let's move on to the three good character traits of what I see in good clients. And first, number one is they're coachable. So they listen, they, they absorb the information that I'm telling them. And then the second piece is they actually take action on the information that is given them. So if I say you got to go to bed at nine o'clock and your phone, you know, get off your phone at 8 PM, they actually do it. If I give them a workout to do on the weekend when we're not training together, they do it. Um, so they take action and they continually follow through with what, you know, I tell them to do. And then um, the final one is they have impulse control. So they're able to delay gratification. So basically, like, if they have, if, um, if there's Oreos in the pantry, they're able to say no to the Oreos. Or if they have that little voice in their head that says, hey, why don't you just skip the workout today? Just text Matt and cancel. <laughs> they won't do that, even though they want to. Um, so the ability to delay that gratification and to look at the bigger picture and keep pushing towards their goal that is what I see um, the qualities of a good client. Yeah, I would have to agree. Uh, I guess just expanding off of that, a good a good client to me is somebody who, like Matt said, is goal-oriented, um, whether it be a very specific, like I want to get a pull-up goal or just the goal of I want to come to the gym three times a week and like sticking to that. Like that's super important. And always having something. When people tell me like when I have a goal review with someone and they're just kind of like, oh, I don't know. I just, I just work out. It's like you have to have something that you're striving for in yeah. order to get better and get results because everybody has something that they want. Yeah. Right. Just what, working out isn't, it's not, is not good enough. You know, then you, your, the people that your goal off. then is to maintain your health and fitness as you get older, then mm-hmm. that is your goal. Right. But there is something and having that tangible, um, idea is helpful for me as a coach, because then I'm able to create a fitness map for you. That's going to keep you on the right track. Right. So always having a goal and communicating with, um, your coach is, I think, the biggest quality that I need in a client. So when I'm looking for a new client or if a new client's looking for me, you know, I hope that they number one, communicate well. Um, and they have like an, a, a goal or an idea of what they want to achieve in the gym. Cause that keeps us on the same path, the right track. Um, and then we get stuff done. Um, I think some, I guess not uh, bad qualities of a client would just be, um, you know, the opposite, somebody who just is there socially. I think, you know, fitness can be social, but when, when you have, you know, if that's like your number one priority, it's probably not the best uh, place to be um, as far as that. So, so have, um, you know, that social side, but also know that we're here to work out. And ultimately this is a place of fitness. And in order for me to do my job, um, I also need you to put in the work and do your job. No, hundred (laughs) percent. I guess that's the simplest way I can put it. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? No. That you want to wrap things up? I think we have great clients overall. So if you're looking, if you're one of, if you have those qualities, come to Red Wolf and join us. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I think one thing that I think you and I should touch on too is pain points. I think that, I think, um, 
sometimes that when you when people start you know when we go back to like the three bad character traits i talked about earlier Mm -hmm. when people blame their circumstances they blame others and then ultimately they blame themselves is that they're not enough pain and i'm not talking about physical pain yeah i'm talking about pain like there's nothing that's that 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 is an emotional pain that motivates them enough to make a change Mm -hmm. and i think we we see this a lot on like social media or everything when people are like hey you know you know find a goal that is attainable and that will make you feel good is all warm and fuzzy but really i think negative motivation is underrated yeah i think i think negative and and case in point is that uh, i'm working with a client now currently and his dad i actually have worked with one-on-one before and ended up quitting um and his dad is overweight. He's like, even his doctors are telling him like, you need to start working out. And he's not to mention, he's also on, you know, blood pressure medication. Um, and his health is slowly deteriorating, but he, he continually won't do anything about it. And I've even messaged him being like, Hey, how are you doing? Hmm. You know, let's chat. And then he never got back to me. And then, so um, the member um, came to me and was like, I don't want to end up like my dad. Like I see how he's doing. I see how my brother's doing. Mm-hmm. Like they, like, like they don't realize how downhill it's going. And he's like, I'm, uh, you know, I'm 37. I don't want to end up like them when I'm their age. And so he had a pain point because he's like, I want to be around for my kids. Yeah. I want to be there for my family. I don't want to be, you know, useless. Um, and, and he realized that if he starts now in his 30s, that by the time he's 50 mm-hmm. or when his, you know, whatever his dad's age, I'm not sure how old his dad is, but when he gets to that point, that he'll, he'll be able to better serve his family in the long run. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think when you don't have that pain point, I think it's really easy to make excuses. But when you have that kind of that negative motivation of like, I'm going to, if I don't do this, yeah. what's going to happen to me? Yeah, for sure. I guess I would call it for me myself, it would be like that fear like, I don't know if it pain point, but like the fear of not being able to do something for me is like tragic. Like if I'm not able to, to lift these things, how, how am I going to take care of my kids? How am I going to do, how am I going to take care of anybody? You know? So just having that slight fear of what if should be motivating enough. I honestly don't get it. If you're a parent out there, like if you're not working out and being, and that's not motivating enough for you, then I don't know what is because being able to take care of your kids easily, that's, that's it. Like, that's all I care about. I want to, and I don't, I want to be very clear here. I don't want to just be able to take care of my kids. I want to be able to like beat them constantly, constantly pushing them, constantly beating them, showing them what is capable, not just because you're getting old, right? Because people just think as you get older, then you just get weaker and all this stuff. No, no, no. As we get older, we're going to get better. Yeah. And that's kind of what I want to show them. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a that's a great point because it pushes their boundaries as well. It, it sets an example of what that the standards are the standard until someone breaks the standard. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, if, you know, we, we want to be high achievers because, um, because life is just a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We went on a little bit tangent there, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally fine. That's totally worth it. Oh, totally worth it. Let's move on to what motivates you to be a coach. Oh, yes, great. What motivates me to be a coach is seeing that change or being a part of that change in someone's life. Uh, I mean, it's very gratif- gratifying. Is that the word? It's, I find a lot of gratification in um, helping someone 
you know, physically, mentally, um, and affect their life, their livelihood really, uh, for the rest of their lives, right? Being able to give them the tools needed to not only work out in a gym, but to be healthy and fit and hopefully translate that to their family, um, as well. Like that is success. And that's kind of why I coach. Um, and I coach because I think Matt will talk about this more so, but, uh, we've had a lot of bad coaches in our life and we don't want to be like that. We saw the impact of having bad coaches and how it affects you uh, in the long run. So I want to be more like the good coaches that I had and hopefully, um, you know, affect people's lives that way. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And me kind of going back to the whole negative motivation part is that was a huge motivator for me to be a good coach. Cause I had, like you said, I had so many bad coaches growing up. I had coaches who wouldn't coach me. They would just yell at me for doing things wrong. And I remember specifically, there was a time when, um, it wasn't a coach, but it was a teacher and I asked for help on something. And if you don't know this, uh, I, um, have dyslexia. So I really struggle in school my entire life. Like I just, I'm my, my processing speed is slower. I just don't understand things as well. Like my retention when I read something is horrendous. <laughs> um, so I was asking help from a teacher and then she got really frustrated with me cause I just didn't get it. And apparently it was a simple subject. I can't remember what it was. And then she just throws her hands up and she goes, I don't know how else to explain it to you. And then she just walked away. And I remember just being like, just, not devastated, but I was like really disappointed in myself. Um, and like, I felt why like, can't I get it? Yeah. I was like, I got really upset that I just didn't get it. And I wasn't like everyone else. And then I realized that later on that, you know, everyone, you know, I learn differently. There's different things that, you know, you know, we're not all built the same. And so I applied that to my coaching. I realized that not everyone's the same. Not everyone's, you know, we have people who are really athletic. We have people who are really overweight. We have people who, um, you know, who want to gain muscle, who want to lose fat. And, and then they all have different backgrounds and different ways um, that are effective to coach for them as an individual. Because, you know, and then for me, it was, what can I do to be the most effective coach for this person and their goals mm -hmm. to where it's not about me, it's about them. Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of fitness coaches get wrong is they put them on some sort of cookie cutter template and they're like, oh, it's about me and my program. When like, no, I try and design things specifically around the person, how they react to it and uh, their personal goals. Yeah. And I want to take them from where they want, from where they're at to where they want to go. And uh, I try and take myself out of it. And that's a lesson that I learned from my bad coaches because the bad coaches were all about themselves. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think that's really shaped me into what kind of a coach I am today. For sure. And I think we're both this type of coach as well. And what I took from my good coaches, I had about two really good coaches in my life. And they were good coaches because they could do everything that they asked me to do. They could show me it. They could show me it in many different ways so that I could understand exactly what it was that they wanted from me. Uh, they were patient. And really, they could still kick my ass like in any workout, like it was, it was really cool. It was so easy to follow somebody who led by example. It was easy to, uh, respect and appreciate somebody who, who could do everything that, that they asked me to do. And so that's kind of what the type of coach I want to be as well as someone who, who can, uh, do all the different movements in many different styles so that you can affect as many people as possible, um, in the best way. 
Um, and being able to do that is super important to me. And so that's why I really strive on always kind of like perfecting uh, movements and, and trying to make things, you know, as easy to understand as possible. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's a great point that I forgot to bring up is that like, yeah, I, looking back, a lot of my bad coaches weren't great examples. Yeah. Uh, and so when I see that, I'm like, well, what would the opposite be? And that would be to be to be a good leader, I would need to be a good example and to do follow through with what I'm going to say I'm going to do and to do what I say to do. So if I give someone a piece of advice, if I say go to bed at nine o'clock and to get off your phone and to eat protein and to work out four times a week, that I do the same myself. Yes, exactly. And that's something that we hold very high as a standard at Red Wolf. Yep, absolutely. Uh, anything else before we move on to the next question? Nope, I think that was it. We covered it all. Fantastic. All right, so what do you love most about coaching? Um, I think like what we said before, affecting people's lives um, positively as much as possible. I like coaching also because uh, it's a social thing. I get up in front of people. I, I like control. <laughs> I like to control a crowd. So being able to you know, do both in a group setting and in a personal setting, it's kind of nice having the, that change. And, um, and I do the programming at the gym as well. So again, another piece of control, <laughs> I guess, that I really like um, around fitness and coaching in general. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think the thing that I love most about coaching is seeing someone do something that they didn't think that they could do. So I can't tell you how many times I've helped people get their first pull up or their first muscle up or um, they PR a squat. And then they look at me with the big eyes and with the big old smile and they look at me and they say, I never thought I would be able to do this. And that is so rewarding because um, yeah, I think we all have struggle with confidence at some point in our lives. If not, we still are. And w when you can build confidence in someone like that, and then that's going to transfer over to the rest of their lives. So I just tell, you know, just knowing that I improved someone's life in yeah. general, that, you know, that they just did something they didn't think they could do. And that's always a huge confidence booster. Yeah. I think you have a great story uh, that kind of pinpoints that uh, exact example of being able to affect uh, someone's life uh, so far, not just in the gym, but just in general as well um, with one of your clients. Oh yeah. So this is probably one of my most proudest moments as a coach. So I, uh, I got a client in, I want to say like right after the pandemic kind of lifted in 2020 and he was a high functioning autistic. I think he was about 11 when he first started with me, I can't remember exactly how old he was, um, but he was with me for two years. Um, and when he came to me, he didn't have any kind of fitness experience whatsoever, just zero, just kind of really skinny, you know, stayed at home, didn't really do much. Um, didn't really talk, didn't really talk at all. Um, you could tell he had zero confidence, had trouble looking me in the eye when I was coaching him that first day. And I remember that, um, he was so unathletic that I had to, have him, I had to teach him how to deadlift with two five pound dumbbells with benches on the sides of him because he couldn't get, he couldn't get his back in the right position to go any lower than that. So I had to have a tactile thing for him and I had to work with him to even get his posture correct. Um, and then even with the band of pull-ups, I had to have like, God knows how many bands on <laughs> and the bar from, and, and I had to help him on top of that. And then over the progression of two years, what ended up happening and he's no longer training with me now, but guess what? Now he is in junior guards. He did a, um, I can't remember the actual event. So correct me if I'm wrong, but he, he did a, 
I think it was some sort of a run, like a four mile run for sure and a pier swim. And then there was some other event, I think either another swim or another run. I'm not sure. But anyway, he finished fourth out of 50 kids. And then afterwards he says, I really want to win this. <laughs> and he is so much more confident. And on top of that, he does track and cross country now. And this is someone coming from zero athletics and he has confidence. He's talking more. He's cracking jokes. He can, he um, climbed a rope. He, he did the rope he, climb. Yeah, he can do rope climbs. He can do strict pull-ups. He, um, he can squat full depth. I think we even worked him up to about like, um, like a 135 squat, you know, from nothing. And uh, he's deadlifting. He, he, he can do it all. Yeah. He, I, I t he can do everything that, you know, CrossFit has to offer now. So that was my greatest success because I took someone from ground zero and also zero confidence and zero, yeah. absolutely nothing. And I was like, this is going to be a big project. Yes. But it was extremely rewarding for me as a coach just to see him. And this is a great lesson just on consistency and just showing up day after day because he never, he very rarely missed a session. He would show up two, three times a week, personal training, and did that for two years straight. And two years over the lifespan of his entire life is not that long. But look at what those two years gave him. Yeah. And most importantly, gave him confidence. And now he's out there interacting with people, having fun, enjoying um, what his body has to offer, yeah. and seeing like what he can do. Yes. Like, he, like he can like, do more. Yeah, and he is an excellent runner, and he was not a runner when he first started with me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that that's was awesome. definitely one of my proudest moments as a coach. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it, we're all about is having – we have so many success stories like that, and that's kind of what just keeps us motivated, keeps us pushing and waiting for the next person to, you know, walk through the door or make that, you know, big decision, like this is going to be the year I make big change. Yeah. And it's amazing how fast it can happen. I, I know like, you know, we say, you know, patience and, you know, just sticking with it, but you know, you can make, you can completely pull a, a 180 in your life just in one year. Yeah. I mean, it just takes that, that spark, like that true moment that you're like, okay, I'm, I'm really going to start giving effort. I mean, here's just a little snippet. Like I've been coaching the 5am class for quite a few years now on and off, but I would say consistently, definitely for like the last two years. Um, before that I would take 5am class. Um, and I can tell you that 5am has been very consistent, uh, as far as the people at 5am for many, many years. Some people have been with us for seven plus years going to 5am class. And I can honestly say in the last two years, the 5am people have made huge gains. And I don't really know what happened or what changed exactly, but a spark was lit and they are really starting to push and really starting to get better. Like, I mean, cause that's what happens. Sometimes you just really start to plateau. There is no external motivation factor, nobody to push you. But once you yourself make that decision, like this is, this is going to be it. This is, this is the time. Like that's when you know, change starts to happen. Mm -hmm. And then you ride that motivation out and you just keep going. Yeah, it's crazy that, that when you get that momentum going that you don't even need motivation because it's just automatic. Yeah, so good job, 5 a.m. You guys are really uh, starting to move up. Nailed it. Uh, what do you want most for your clients? And I know we kind of already covered this, but let's kind of get dig into it a little bit more. Yeah, and just really quick, um, what I want most is to give people the knowledge and the tools to be able to do this, you know, forever. And eventually on your own, I mean... I don't know if we're always going to be there to lead the class, to lead you through a workout, but if I can give you the, the tools and the knowledge um, so that you can stay fulfilled 
and make, you know, good, healthy decisions for the rest of your life. Um, like that's, that's kind of what I'm all about. What yeah. I'm here for. Yeah. hundred percent. I couldn't set it better myself, so I won't go off on it. And then, <laughs> yeah, I mean, same thing, as I said, with my client, Philip, um, just giving people the confidence that they can do it and they can do it on their own. And that, you know, whoever comes through our doors, my end game is to send them on their way much better and healthier and fitter yeah. than they did when they came in. And if that, if that's all that happens, no, no matter how long they're with us, then that is um, a 10 out of 10 success. Yeah, for sure. All right. Moving on to our final question. So what do you like coaching more? Do you like coaching personal training more? Do you like coaching group classes more and why? Uh, both are different. I wouldn't say I like coaching one more than the other. They're just different in many, many ways. Coaching group class is tough. I mean, corralling a group of adults <laughs> um, at different hours of the day is very difficult to do. Making sure everybody has a great maximal workout for themselves. They're doing the right movements. They're doing the right reps. <laughs> There's just so many variables that go into group training, which kind of makes it fun and exciting mm -hmm. and fast paced, which is probably the best part of group class is trying to maintain a personal feel in a group setting. I mean, I think that's what CrossFit is all about. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like the benefit of group training for me is the fast paced, being able to, you know, touch base with everybody and, and have that positive effect um, in the group setting. However, I really like personal training because I get the most results out of personal training. I have the most positive impact in personal training. Um, and I can really give somebody a great workout. And I think like that, you know, multiplied over and over again for many days, man, you can see some huge results in personal training. Oh so. yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. You know, but other, I mean, besides that, it's, I guess more, um, taxing in a personal training setting, right? You're giving all, all of you to one person and it is exhausting in that sense, but, but rewarding in the same sense that you get to really see how you can affect someone, uh, with positive change. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the energy of the group classes and I feed off that, which is great. Uh, but the only thing I don't like about group classes is that I can only coach so much. Mm -hmm. Like I can't give everybody the attention that I could get one-on-one. -on -one. So if I have 15 people versus one people, that's kind of obvious. Yeah. So I have to give my little nugget, give them their little cue, um, correct it. Uh, make sure they're doing it right and then move on. And then I can't have those one-on-one -on -one kind of conversations as much as I want. Mm -hmm. Um, and have that interaction. The personal training, uh, just like how you said, I like how I can get so much in in such a short amount of time because it's so much easier to to get in. Like I can get in three solid workouts in one hour with yeah. someone and get them re like give them like two or three times the amount of results in half the amount of time with personal training. So that's what I like about it just because results come faster. But like you said, it kind of drains your energy because you are the energy because mm -hmm. there's no other one to feed off of. So I'm the one constantly motivating them. Whereas yeah. I can kind of feed off the energy of a group class because you know, they're, they're into it. They're laughing. They're having a good time. So I feed off that too. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, both are extremely effective. It just depends on the personal needs of each individual person really. Yeah. I think ultimately for anyone, at any point in their life. The best style of training is group classes with some personal training weekly. Yeah. Like if you can do that, you will maximize your gym time in so many different ways, right? So if you can ideally do group classes three times a week and personal training two times a week, that is the golden ticket right there. Like, no, yeah. 
hundred percent. So, but if you can't do that, then make sure you are, you pick one or the other, and then never be afraid to go back and forth between the two. Like it's not forever. It's just for now. I think that is like a huge motto I've been saying to some people is that like when they're like, Oh, I'm only eating, I'm not eating any carbs right now. And I go, yeah, it's not forever, but it's for now. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of where you're at. So same thing with fitness. Like you can say like, Oh, I'm personal training right now. Yeah. For now, but not forever. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any final thoughts you want to say before we wrap things up? Nope. I love being a coach and I'm going to keep coaching for a very long time. Yep. And same thing here. And I, <laughs> um, my goal really is to start uh, developing the next generation of coaches. Uh, I've really benefited so much and I've learned so much that I think I have some knowledge that I can pass on to the next generation. And I think there's a lot of people who are like me who want to make this their full-time gig but they can't or they don't know how. Mm -hmm. So I want to, I know I don't want to lose those people to white collar nine to five jobs. There's yeah. a lot of good, cause I know I have a lot of friends who they ended up going into other professions because you know, coaching was just a stepping stone to something else. And so I would love that. That would be like a future goal of mine is to uh, develop the next generation of really good coaches. So that way they can have the platform that um, I've had. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll write you your first review. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That's why I married you. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If this was helpful, please leave us a five-star review so we know to make more content just like this. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Red Wolf CrossFit. Please DM your questions or content suggestions there. We're always looking for topics. Until next time, good luck. Have fun. Nailed, Nailed it. it. <laughs>